The following message was recorded Sunday, October 8, 2023. Yesterday, Hamas attacked Israel which has now turned into the worst day in Israel since the 1973 war. Israel is now at war with Hamas. Pastor Ritt leads us through the Psalms of Ascent and in prayer for Israel. Yeah, you gotta be born once in order to be born twice. Right. And if you're born twice, you die once. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Now, if you're only born once, you die the second death, right? But Jesus has rescued us from that second death. Oh, we are so glad. And you might be asking yourself this morning, why is Pastor Ritt there with a black shirt and a tie on? Yes. Why am I here with a black shirt and a tie on? I'm in mourning. I'm in grief. Yeah. My tie says at the bottom, it says, peace be upon Israel. I am grieved. So thankful for my pastor, Chuck Smith. When I first got saved, I was introduced to the ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. And one thing Pastor Chuck left all of us who really embraced his teachings and his life was a love for Israel and the Jewish people. I thank him for the Israelology that I have and my understanding of the scriptures. I thank God that I understand the, the Jewishness of my faith. And it's unfortunate that there are so many that don't understand that today, but we do, don't we? We are, and Pastor Chuck was, a Christian Zionist. That's not an offensive term. It's a joyous term. Why are we Christian Zionists? We believe that they have been given a God-given right to the land, and that God has purposed that Israel will be a nation among the nations forever. As Billy Graham would say, forever. (laughs) Forever. That God had chosen the land of Israel, to be the home, the dwelling place, the abode of his people. That God had chosen that Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city of peace, should be the place where they would gather together for the worship of their God. And that more specifically, the Temple Mount. Now, from God's perspective, you look at the whole of the universe, and it's a big world he's created, isn't it? Hmm? You look at the whole of the universe, And the one solar system that's in the center of the universe from God's perspective is where? The Milky Way galaxy. The one solar system in the Milky Way galaxy that's in the center of that? Our solar system. Among our solar system, the one planet that's in the center of God's heart and mind? Earth. The planet Earth, the one place that is central to him in all the world, Israel. And in Israel, the one city Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, the one very place where God determined the Temple Mount, Mount Zion. And that's why we call ourselves Christian Zionists, because God had given them the land and God had directed them the place of worship. On Friday night, they were completing the most glorious celebration in all of the seven major feasts. Well, Six feasts and one day of atonement, one day to reflect upon who you are in comparison to who God is, right? But that one glorious celebration that completes the feast festal year is what? Tabernacles, Tabernacles, also called 
Sukkot. Sukkot means? Booths. Booths. Because that's when Israel was commemorating God preserving them through the wilderness wandering through that 40 years. Providing water when it was necessary, manna, bread when they needed bread, meat when they needed meat. God was their ever-becoming one. Whatever they needed him to be, he was. And that's what they're commemorating in that festival. And so that's why they would gather outside under the stars, remembering how God has preserved them, protected them, provided for them all those years. And uh, turn the heat up a bit. I think some people are cold. <laughs> Bring out the blankets, would you, gentlemen? <laughs> 40 years of wilderness wandering. But what it really represented was the millennium in which God would watch over his people Israel until the day that he completed all that he desired to do through them for the awakening and the salvation of the rest of the world. Isn't that true? And Friday night, as all of these uh, myriad of people throughout Israel we're celebrating this most joyous of all feasts in the fall of the year. What's the one feast we celebrate in the fall of the year that's so, much, so joyous? Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's coming up pretty soon where we're giving thanks to God for all he's done for us. It's an American celebration. But the Jewish celebration of Sukkot, that's an eternal celebration. If you look at all of those seven mandates that God gave in Leviticus 23, every single one of them are to be celebrated forever, forever. And as hundreds of young people were in a national park celebrating Sukkot under the stars, you, you know what happened. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the grief and the sorrow and the pain. One day, beloved, we'll see the death of death. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Not today, though. Not today. And you may be aware, you may not be aware, there's already just under 700 bodies that have been recovered, Israeli bodies. And the war continues. We're mandated as Christians to do what? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, I know we're working our way through the book of Acts, but this morning we're not going to be in Acts. As the Israeli pilgrims would make their way to the Temple Mount, to the ascent. And why do they say go up, up to Jerusalem? Why? Right, not in geographical location, but in elevation. You go up to Jerusalem, up. And as they would go up, they would recite and sing certain psalms of ascent. And as I was going through the psalms of ascent, it struck me how applicable and appropriate they are for this morning. So what I would like to do in our time together is I'm going to be going through with you some of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 121 through 124. It won't take us long, but it's, it's worth our time. And as I go through each Psalm and explain its meaning briefly, and I do want to do it with brevity, then I'm going to give you opportunity to pray, because we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are one body, right? One man here, one body. One family? Yes? yes? And so we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel that we have such a debt of love that we owe. If I could be anything else, I'd want to be Jewish, but keep my Italian appetite. 
So as we go through each psalm, as I give an explanation, then I'm going to pause and stop, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. Now I'd like two or three to pray, and then we'll go to the next psalm. And, and if you've prayed once, then, then cease, because we want to give everybody who would like an opportunity to pray. And I pray that God would come against the spirit of timidity. Beloved, that you would be bold. Because we do need to cry out to God on behalf of his people, Israel, who have suffered for a millennium. Since they came out of Egypt as the people of God, they have been hunted and persecuted, maligned, libeled, tortured. And it's going to continue until their prince comes, their Messiah, until Jesus returns. Amen? Let me see what else I might. Darren, um, Amir put out a video he wanted everybody to see. Did you get that? Did you capture that? Do you mind if I show you that? This is, how many of you don't know who Amir Safati is? Who doesn't know who he is? You don't know who he is? He's a Messianic Jew. He's a Jew, lives in Israel, who believes in Jesus the Messiah. He's also a pastor, uh, leads a congregation, but he speaks throughout the world. And uh, he's, I was sharing with a friend of mine just the other day, and I was sharing at the men's study how if you don't have some Messianic Jews that you listen to or that you, you understand the Old Testament, New Testament from, you're missing a whole wealth of knowledge that can be yours. The Apostle Paul was so well-schooled in all the Old Testament, wasn't he? he was, and he was brilliant. Of Those who measure people's IQs, they say that Paul was one of the top ten IQs in the world. And he had so much of the Old Testament understood, memorized. He was the chief principal student of Gamaliel, the chief rabbon, the chief rabbi of Israel. But he didn't have an understanding of who Jesus was. He had an intellectual, academic understanding of the Torah, of the Old Testament, but he didn't have the heart of the Messiah. And that's what he was lacking, you see. You can have all head but no heart. It doesn't benefit you at all. And as I've said multiple times, an ounce of heart knowledge is worth a ton of head knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. And when Rabbi Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, was apprehended on the Damascus Road. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was physically blind. But spiritually, he never saw more clearly. I, God gave him eyes to see. Have you ever studied all of the connections that are made in the human eye to the brain? There are literally thousands of connections that have to be made in order for you to be able to see properly. Did you know that? What God did for the Apostle Paul is in a spiritual sense. He just made all those connections all at once and bam! Wow! He never saw more clearly. He was physically blind, but he never saw more clearly spiritually. And then it all began to make sense for him. And I am so appreciative of the Apostle Paul. I don't know about you, but you know, if all we had were the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we would know both what Jesus did and what he taught, but you know what you wouldn't know? What it means. <laughs> I 
and we debate about that even still. But the Apostle Paul, 14 books of the New Testament, explains to us what it all means, the significance of it all. How glorious. And so I encourage you, if you don't have some messianic teachers that you follow, you should have a few. When I first got saved, one man I followed who was a wonderfully accomplished man. He was a medical doctor. He was a composer, a musician. He he was a writer. Uh, What was his name? Zola Levitt. Levitt. He's passed away now, but I am so thankful for the understanding that he has given me in the Israelogy of the scriptures, of which most churches today are clueless. No understanding. And no regard for the Old Testament. How many, how many pastors, how many churches today teach eschatology, Bible prophecy? 2%. I'm telling you, it's 2%. Survey says, of all the churches in the United States of America, only 2% teach Bible prophecy. Therefore, if all the 98% who are not teaching Bible prophecy, what they are not getting is an Israelogy an understanding of the place and the significance of Jesus and Israel. Two major subjects of scripture, Jesus and then Israel. I want to suggest you, please don't misquote me or I'll spank you. But I want to suggest to you, God sacrificed two sons for your salvation. Now, please don't misunderstand me and don't get me wrong. You are saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone, plus nothing, nothing. But do you understand that God sacrificed Israel's place with him temporarily so the Messiah could be proclaimed to the Gentiles? Do you understand that? So in that sense, God God purposefully sacrificed two sons for your sake and for mine. But God is going to restore that natural branch that was broken off, isn't he? Oh, and he'll do that very soon, very soon, beloved. So you and I need to have that appreciation. So Amar Safati is a Messianic Jew. Now, uh, he may not go as deep in the scriptures as I'm accustomed to, but I still think you'll benefit greatly by listening to him. But there's some others that I can recommend. Israelogy, The Missing Link in Systematic Theology. Now, it's a, it's a heavy book, but I, I've been through it twice. About a thousand pages. And who wrote that? Who wrote that, huh? Fruchtenbaum. Arnold, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, Messianic Jew. What he explains there in the first, third, three, first three quarters of the book is where anti-Semitism comes from. And where did anti-Semitism originate? Where? Egypt? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. I'm talking about from a theological point of view, from a doctrinal point of view. If you do your research, you'll find out it began with Augustine. Augustine, major contributor to Christianity, without a doubt. Uh, Second, maybe only unto the Apostle Paul. But unfortunately, he did not have a correct view of Israelogy or the unsaved Jew. And, and therefore, he was a great influencer in what I used to be in. And, and listen, if you read the book of Romans, what church is that? It's Rome. It's the Catholic Church. It became the Catholic Church. But the Roman Church is wonderful. And Paul gives this wonderful treatise on the grace of God to the Roman Church there. Now, unfortunately, over time, every system of man becomes 
Every system of man come. Now listen, make no mistake, evangelical Christianity in the West, Christendom, has become corrupt. Christendom. Not the body of Christ. Please, there's a distinction between the body of Christ and Christendom. So every system of man becomes corrupt over time. And unfortunately, within Catholicism, and I grew up in Catholicism for 30 years, there was a unnatural, unwarranted demonic hatred for Jews. I was sharing with someone the other day that my, I'm an Italian-American, and my family were not prejudiced against anyone except one group of people, the Christ killers. And who are they? The Jews. The Jews. So unfortunate. So covenant theology is directly responsible for passive and aggressive anti-Semitism in the world. And it's okay if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Just write it down or listen to the tape later and begin to do your research so that your eyes can be open. There are so many spiritual connections to your eyesight, your spiritual eyesight that you need to have made. Do you understand? Like the Apostle Paul. So you can say, wow! Wow, I've never seen more clearly. Well, Amir has asked that, that whoever is able to get this video, the short video out to try to get you to understand what's really happening because our news media is not reporting everything. Very few news sources are truly reporting what's really happened and how horrific the violence has been. Now, it's not going to be graphic in its violence, but how absolutely violent and horrific. This is demonic. This is devilish. This is a, this is a hatred and an evil that is supernatural. It is not natural to desire to butcher women and children, to desire to butcher old women. It's not natural, these acts of barbarism that are being committed right now. That's, it's supernatural and it's evil. Do you understand that? Why? Why? Because, listen, this is not a natural battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is, this is all supernatural. This is all spiritual. The battle exists in our own country. It's all spiritual. It's not in the natural Hmm. But we know. You believe in uh, interdimensional beings? Right? I don't believe in aliens. Right? Well, I guess so. The Bible says you were once. <laughs> but I believe in interdenomination, interdimensional. Yeah, interdenominational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interdimensional beings. And what do we call them? Angels and. They exist. And there is a war in heaven. Revelation chapter 12. Well, enough. Darren? Imagine that you wake up in the morning and you hear this. At 6.30 in the morning, Hamas started with a big rocket attack on Israel, and from what seemed like a usual attack from Gaza, became every citizen's worst nightmare. At 7.35, terrorist units invaded the territories of Israel, driving cars and motorcycles. They started driving in cities in Israel, shooting and murdering every civilian they passed by, breaking into civilian homes, taking hostages, and murdering families, including men, women, babies, and elder civilians. 
While they were taking hostages and killing civilians, some of their units drove to a party, started shooting everyone they saw. Parents are still looking for their missing children, not knowing what happened to them. And unfortunately, it gets worse. The terror units of Hamas controlled the cities for more than 12 hours, filming and distributing some of their horrible actions when they conquered some of the cities surrounding Gaza. They broke into civilian homes, and those that they couldn't break into were burned, forcing the civilians to get outside and be slaughtered by Hamas cruel terror units. And no, this is not a horror movie. This is the reality right now in Israel. The terror units of Hamas call themselves the Freedom Warriors. There are hundreds of videos showing them celebrating around citizens' dead bodies, including elder women and kids. If you support Hamas, you support terror. So we can't even imagine the pain and the grief and the sorrow that so many in Israel are suffering today. And if you have an understanding of all that God has done through the Messiah, the Mashiach. The Mashiach is the Hebrew for the Greek word Christos, Christ. Mashiach, Christos. Messiah, Christ. Do you understand? It's one and the same. So maybe you should substitute the word Christ from now on for Messiah. For it was the Messiah of Israel that has rescued us and saved us. Through the suffering that began in the exodus out of Egypt to this very day of God's people so that we would receive salvation. Oh, I'm so thankful for eternal life because, you know, we, we, no one knows, right? Let's see, I tied my shoes on this morning. No guarantee I'm going to untie them tonight. Maybe somebody at the hospital could be at the morgue. You know. But I do know this. When I exhale here for the last time, Oh, I'm going to inhale heaven's air. I will be more alive than I ever have been before in my life. Why? Because of the Messiah of Israel, my Savior and yours. Amen? Yeah. So turn with me to Psalm 120. This is where we're going to begin. And as I said, as I share briefly on each psalm, then I'm going to want you to pray, maybe two or three folks, and, and don't uh, duplicate yourself. Give everyone else an opportunity to pray as well. And uh, I had prepared to continue our study through Acts 7, but that's not what the Lord has for us this morning. In Psalm 120, does anybody have a, a, a heading over the Bible in this psalm? Well, one at a time. A cry in distress. Anybody else? The present condition of Israel. Present condition of Israel. Anyone else? What is that? Yeah, no, you're right. Go ahead. Just say it louder. Bitter foes. Does Israel have any bitter foes around them? No. It's been said multiple times Israel lives in a very tough neighborhood. Everybody around them, everybody surrounding them is their enemy. Ms. Gail and I went through that the other day. Psalm 83 describes all of the enemies surrounding Israel that God eventually is going to deal with. 
Isaiah 17 declares that one day, one day, Damascus, the oldest inhabited city on the face of the earth, one day will be desolate. I believe that day is coming very soon. But make no mistake, this hatred of the Jews, it is historic the enemies of Israel. And one day, very soon, you're going to see. Now, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. During all of what's taken place, what got shut down temporarily for a few moments, for a few hours? The Iron Dome. The Iron Dome? And who did that? There's only three, only three nations on the face of the earth could have done that. Israel? And they didn't do it, did they? The United States? Did we do it? And Russia. And Russia. No, I don't believe we did. I'm not, I'm, I don't buy into all these conspiracy theorists. I know we've become a corrupt nation, but we haven't gone that far yet, thank God. And so we know that the final battle to be fought, described by Ezekiel, is a battle that will take place in Israel. When the enemies of Israel surround her, and it looks like a David-Goliath situation, there is no way in God's good earth that Israel will survive until Adonai, Sebaot, the Lord of the armies, the mighty warrior, the El Gabor of Israel, intervenes, and all the world will know, and all the Gentiles will know that there's a God who watches over Israel. In Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel prophesies the restoration of the land for the people of Israel. This, is, this goes way out into our time. When you read the description, it could not have happened any other time but now in this contemporary age. Chapter 36 describes the restoration of the land on behalf of the people. Chapter 37 is the Valley of Dry Bones. What is that? The restoration of the people to the restored land. Benjamin Netanyahu, when he was prime minister previously, in September of 2010, stood up at Auschwitz and said, this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing today. Today. He likened what has happened in Israel to the fulfillment of Ezekiel 36 and 37. Do you think he possibly read 38 and 39? And 38 describes a confederation of nations, enemies of Israel that have never had, never been a military alliance before between these nations that are mentioned, principally Russia, Gog and Magog. No, China's not involved in this. It's principally Russia. And then Persia. Persia is? And who's behind all of this? The the the. the Leaders of Iran have congratulated the leaders of Hamas on the success that they have had so far. People are celebrating for all, through all over the Islamic world. Russia, Iran, Togarma, Turkey, Turkey. Now, never before, if you Google and search a military alliance between these three nations, it hasn't happened until most recently that they've come together in a military alliance. And what's going to take place, and God prophesied it, and it's in God's word, so it must be true, right? Is it true because it's in the Bible? No! It's in the Bible because it is true. Okay? Men can write a lot of things and claim them to be true, but they're not, are they? But when God writes something down, it is true. Yeah, yeah. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words? Never. They're eternal. It's all true. And so what God declares is absolutely true. It's absolutely certain. And beloved, as amazing as it is, we're seeing it all formed today. It's almost as if they're reading the Bible and acting out the script. But they don't know the Bible. Let's pray one more time. Lord, I have so much in my mind and in my heart. 
But Lord, it's not my mind and my heart that, that these whom you love need to hear. We need to hear your mind. We need to listen to your heart, Lord. And so Lord, as we go through these Psalms of Ascent that you have purposed, that these sons of yours would compose in their joy of going and coming to worship you in Jerusalem at Mount Zion, Lord. Help us to see how these things apply even today, Lord, as the spirit of prophecy works through these men to record what they have written. We thank you for it. Well, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth found completely in your word. Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. Why is it true? Because it's in the Bible? No. It's in the Bible because you told us, Lord, and you who cannot lie. It's all true. We thank you for that truth, Lord. So, Lord, open up our spiritual eyes, Lord. Lord, help us to make all those connections, Lord. I, I know and I recognize and I confess, as well as maybe those who would agree with me, there's so many areas I'm still spiritually blind. Help me to see more clearly, Lord, than I ever have before in my life. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your coming, Lord Jesus, as the Messiah of Israel. We thank you, Israel, for offering your Messiah to us in the way you have. And Lord, we long for that day when Israel is united with you once again, Lord. You said that their rejection has been like... Uh, like, like one being healed, but their, their reception of you the second time will be as if one came back from the dead, which is what happened. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in your holy name. Amen. Psalm 120, these Psalms of Ascent, they begin with 120, they go all the way to 134. And, and this, this, all of Israel would have, been, would have been reciting and singing some of these Psalms all week long and culminating in the one last celebration Friday night, beginning Friday night and ending Saturday night, and that's when they were attacked. As they're, as they're singing and reciting these truths with regard to the protection of their God on their behalf, their Messiah, a song of a sense. Verse 1, In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Yes, delivered my soul. Deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. You know, you've heard of Jewish libels? Blood libels? You know what they are? You know what they are. What's a blood libel? What's a Jewish libel? Did you know that Jews capture the children of Gentiles? They murder them and drain their blood and use it to make matzah. Do you know that's what Europe believed for a long time? Do you, do you know that you don't know any of this? No. Come on. This is historic anti-Semitism. That, that's how Europe turned on the Jews. Hitler, the Jewish libels that Hitler and his propaganda machine put, put against the people of God, against Jew, the Jews. And, and then you had that horrible period of the Holocaust. What does the Holocaust mean? Burnt offering. Jesus Christ was a burnt offering. A Holocaust. Ah, the sacrifice of Israel for the salvation of the Gentiles is what? Holocaust. My, oh my, oh my. To this very day, the libel, the lies that are being told about the Jewish people I've shared with you before. What percentage of the world's population are they? 
They're half of 1% of the world's population. What a mighty force they are, huh? When Benjamin Netanyahu is speaking to Xi Jinping in China, Xi Jinping reminded him that they are both ancient civilizations. Both began about the same time. And Netanyahu reminded him that there's a significant difference between us. There are billions of Chinese. There are a few million Jews. And why is that, Xi Jinping? Because we have been persecuted and hunted and lied about and murdered for a millennium. Billions of Chinese. It's just millions of Jews. And that's the difference why. No people group on the face of the earth has been more lied about, more slandered. The libels against the Jewish people. As I said to you, I grew up a Roman Catholic, right? My family was not prejudiced against one group of people. They called them the Christ killers. Who killed Christ? I did. How did I kill Christ? My sins. My sins put him on the cross. Every one of us need to identify with the fact that he willingly gave up his life for your sake and for mine. Didn't he? Yeah. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. He confident. The psalmist is confident God will hear me. Are you confident God hears your cries? Your prayer? Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, or what shall be done to you? Oh, you false tongue. He's talking about the enemies now of Israel, those who would libel them. Sharp arrows of a warrior with coals of a broom tree shall be your fate. What does that mean? Sharp arrows of the warrior, right? And the, and the wood of a broom tree. Now, do you know what's significant or distinctive about the broom tree? It burns long, and it burns hot. What might that be an analogy of? Metaphor. Gahana. Gahana is hell. Burns long and it burns hot. Now this is what he's saying. That's what will happen with the wicked. With the enemy of God and God's people, you see. Yes. Sharp arrows of the warrior, the coals of the broom tree. Woe is me when I dwelt in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. What is he talking about there? Woe is me, I dwell in the midst of my enemies. This was northern Arabia. This is Israel crying out saying, my enemies are all around me. They've surrounded me. They've encamped themselves about me. Boy, is that not true today? Let me, let me be very clear to you. You need to understand this. Israel has one faithful, loyal friend in all the world. And you know who that is? Christian Zionists. Not Great Britain. Not the United States. Not any other nation of the world. But, it, but it's not a declared nation in the world. It is a kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a universal kingdom. We know that God reigns everywhere in all time. But the spiritual kingdom of God is where he reigns through the person of his Holy Spirit in the lives of those who believe. And those would be Christian Zionists. Is that you? Now, Netanyahu himself declared that that was true a few years ago. The one friend that we have in all the world, he said, was the Christian Zionists who understand the Old Testament. Hmm? Yes, 
enemies surround them. Woe is me. I dwell in Meshach. I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace, for I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. Is that true? You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Genesis, the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent. The seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent. The children of God versus the children of the devil. Devil. And that's what he's talking about here. Now, let me ask you a question. This is absolutely true. Make no mistake about this. If every Islamic nation surrounding Israel who've been their sworn enemies will lay down all their arms, disarm completely, what would happen? There'd be peace in the Middle East. Because Israel wants peace. If Israel this morning will lay down all their arms, disarm completely, what will happen? They'll be driven into the sea. They'll be destroyed and eradicated, genocide in one cloud, one big cloud. About three weeks ago, it was declared through some intelligence sources that, it's, that the West knows that Iran was, three, it was two weeks away from what? Making a bomb. Three weeks or so ago, intelligence sources declared with evidence that Iran was only two weeks away from a bomb. Who's behind all of this? Who's, who's behind funding Hamas right now and Hezbollah? They're, they're fighting in the north now too, by the way. Iran. And, and whose money is funding this right now? American taxpayer dollars to the tune of $6 billion. Peace. Israel wants peace. Their Messiah is called Shar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Shar Shalom has brought peace. Peace I give thee, not as the world gives, give I unto thee. No, the world can't understand it, nor does it receive it, but it's peace with God. Right? We surrender. Have you surrendered to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered to God the Father? Have you surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Have you stopped becoming angry and rebellious and fighting God? Have you really let go? International sign of surrender? Have you? Let me see. Come on. <laughs> no, not all of you. Come on, come on. Everybody, come on. We surrender, right? We surrender, Lord. Now, once you've surrendered to God through Jesus Christ, his son, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then the peace of God falls upon you. This, this shalom, this irene in the Greek text, this, this peace that comes upon you. Now, you have peace with God. Now I have the peace of God. Wow. Everything seems to make sense now. There seems to be harmony between me and God. That's my, my holiness, my righteousness, and it's harmony and peace between me and my fellow man as much as it's in my power. Wow. And then when I really begin to yield to God and, 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 and try to accept the mysteries of life, you got a lot of mystery in your life. You know, I, I, as, as I get older, I come to realize there's huge amounts of mystery in my life. Things that I say, why? Why? How? But they'll be answered one day. And you know, when I get all those answers, I'm going to have a two-word response. What is it? Of course. You know, of course. <laughs> but listen, beloved, you've got to get used to having a lot of mystery in your life, and it's okay. 
But there are things that we can absolutely be certain of, right? Yeah. And when you know God, you know peace. Peace with God, peace of God. And then finally, as you mature and you grow and you accept those mysteries, it's peace in God. In God. That's the threefold peace God wants to give everybody. First two, most people enter. The third one, well, <laughs> still working on it. Okay. <laughs> for I, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Okay, let's pray. Pray loud enough so we can hear you and agree with you. Two or three, thank you. Amen. Hold one moment because we want each of you to have a mic because we got several folks listening online. And so we want them to be able to hear your prayers as well and agree with us. So who would like to pray next? John Michael, I'll bring you the mic. Don't be timid. If you're going to be bold anywhere, it should be here, beloved. Father, we come before you because you love us, because you died for us, and we can come directly to you. We don't need an arbitrator or a priest, but no. we can actually no. come before you because we're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We cry out for Israel, for their salvation, that you would use this to save a nation, that you'd turn their hearts back to you, that you'd open their eyes to see the Messiah. We pray that you would protect those people. You'd work in their hearts, that you'd intervene and uh, fight against the enemy who is in this world, the oppressor of us, the oppressor of them, the one who plans destruction for all of our souls, Lord, as many as he can take. And we ask that the power and the blood of Jesus Christ overwhelm and overcome all of his defenses, all of his attacks. Yes, Lord. And that you prepare our hearts and minds that we would fight as you have called out that this mm-hmm. is indeed a spiritual war and not a war of the flesh and blood. And that it would drive us to our knees. Yes, Lord. And we'd actually make a difference in this world, Lord. Make us righteous. Sanctify us so our prayers actually matter, Lord. Mm-hmm. And that we would please you with everything we do in our whole lives. And we pray this in the power and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Maybe one more. Yeah. Thank you. Lord, we just raised our hands and surrender to you. We raise our hearts, and Lord, we raise up a a banner of prayer for our brothers and sisters in Israel, the ones who have already said, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they are surrendered as we are, Lord.
We pray, Father, for an open door of ministry for them in this hour in Israel, that you will, by your Holy Spirit, move grandmothers and grandfathers, women and children, men in, um, in all walks of life, Lord, that you will move among the IDF right now, Father, to call on the name of the Lord, to say those words, Lord. Baruch Habab, Hashem Adonai. We know you will come one day, very soon. And they will say that. But even now, Lord, we pray for great salvation, a great move of your spirit. And we thank you for that, Lord. Mm. We thank you. In your name, Jesus, Messiah. Mm -hmm. Amen. And we say, Baruch Atah. Adonai, Eloheinu. Blessed be the Lord, our God. Right? Yeah. <coughs> Psalm 121. Anybody have a heading there? Help comes from the Lord. Help comes from the Lord. Anybody else? God will help those who seek Him. Anyone else? I'm sorry, say it again, Joan. Amy. Who, who said Amy? Amy, what'd you say? The joy of, the, of going to the house of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blessing for those who seek him. Now, you don't seek him until he first reveals himself to you, does he? No one seeks after God? No, not. True? And when did you start seeking him? After he unveiled himself to you. Right? 43 years I've been seeking him. How about you? How long? How many years? How many years, Ed? You can't know. Yeah, there's too many. You and Methuselah, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, those who seek the Lord, the blessing that comes to them. Look at it. What does it say? I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence comes my help. Now, this, this is the priest or the elder or, or the, the patriarch who's, who's making his way up to Jerusalem with, with the, his family. And that's what they would go in families and communities that all of the people of the village, they would make their way up to Jerusalem because of the elevation. Now, as they're going from the different parts of Israel, whether it was from Samaria or from the, the Galilee region, uh, Judea is where they're going, it was very dangerous to travel those roads. And particularly the encampments at night, because there were, there were a lot of lawlessness then, just as we have it today. And so as they're going, the elder statesman or the priest or the patriarch of the family, whoever it might have been, the elder, he would say, look to the hills. Don't worry about what might be in the hills, what danger may be there from beast or man. But look to Adonai. Look to God, who is our help. Right? So that we won't have any fear. And this is what, now, so you understand that this is the elder statesman or a priest or the patriarch of the family. And, and as they're making their way, he's encouraging them not to have any fear that God will protect those who seek after him. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Who's our help? The creator of all things. Right? Yeah. The creator of heaven and earth. And so what is there he can't do? What is there he doesn't know? 
He doesn't know a sin he doesn't hate. He doesn't know a sinner he doesn't love. He doesn't know a better time to surrender to him than right now. So there are things God doesn't know, aren't there? Hmm. Interesting. Verse 3 now. He will not allow your foot, as the elder statesman is talking to the pilgrim, he will, or the resident of the village or his own relative. He will not allow your foot, your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The keeper, Shamar, the Shamar, the protector, the guard, the El Gabor, the mighty warrior, right? What do we have to fear if we're under God's protection? I came here under the Witness Protection Program. Not the way most Italians would understand that. <laughs> no, I am his witness, and therefore I am under his protection. And so are you, right? And that's what he's referring to here. God is the keeper. Oh, yeah, he'll not allow your foot to be moved. He neither slumbers nor... Aren't we glad that God never takes a holiday, never takes a rest, never gets tired? Continually watching over us, hearing the cries of our heart. Mm. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. What's he, what's he rehearsing for them there that they should bring to remembrance? The Shekinah. The she, well, some people say it's a Shekinah. That's a southern way of saying it. Shekinah. It's a Shekinah. The Shekinah of Israel. The Shekinah of Israel was a cloud by day. Hey, we went through a really warm summer, didn't we? And I just can't believe it's over already. I mean, I was just enjoying this summer, but, but some of those hot summer afternoons, boy, they were hard to take, weren't they? And what a, difference it, what a difference it makes when we leave church and we go out in that hot sun and we just sit under the pavilion. Wow, it's like 10 degrees cooler. Well, God was a shade for his people as they were traversing in that wilderness wandering, that hot desert sun. But he was a shade for his people. And so we need to understand, it's cool to follow God. <laughs> but at night, the Shekinah was what? A pillar of fire. To give them illumination, light. And what does it take for the dark to be dispelled? Just to turn the light on. Just a little bit of light. Hmm? I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. His light, right? That's what we're talking about. And when the Shekinah would settle, they would follow that cloud as long as the cloud moved. And when the cloud didn't move, they knew they were to set up camp. And when they set up camp, where was the Shekinah? Right in the center of the camp. Now listen to me, listen close. Every single Israeli knew exactly where they belonged and what they were to do in relationship to where the Shekinah was. What was the Shekinah? It was the glory of God's presence among them. It was the, it was the symbol, the visible, visible manifestation of the presence of God with his people. There's no greater blessing than that, than to know the presence of God in your life. Every single Israeli knew exactly where they belonged and what they were called to do in relationship to where God was. God was at the center of his people. Every tribe knew, north, south, east, west, where they were to locate. Every family within every tribe, every individual in every family 
God is very detailed and God is very specific if you're listening as to what he's called you to do. Where you belong. Do you know that? Now, you, listen to me. You're, 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 the only way you're ever going to discover that is if what is at the center of your life? God. Now, are you expecting you to be in the center of God's life or God to be in the center of your life? If it matters to me, it matters to God. No. If it matters to God, it better matter to you. Is that true? Yeah. So that's what he's rehearsing there. How God's presence was with them all that time. And listen, I, I was aware of going through this pilgrimage as we're wandering through the wilderness of this world. There's no, no greater blessing than to be confident of the presence of God in your life. What then shall I fear? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is what the psalmist is declaring there. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil, and he shall preserve your soul. Oh, God, thank you. You know, God's sovereign, right? And I'm thankful for God's sovereignty. I'm thankful for God's sovereignty and salvation. And salvation is declared in three Christian terms that we use. The first one being justification. The second one being sanctification. The last one being glorification. All those three things describe your salvation, your soteria, right? Your soteria is an umbrella term that describes justification, sanctification, glorification. God takes responsibility for it all, and I am so thankful. I'm so thankful he saved me, justified, just as if I never sinned. But you know what I'm even equally more thankful for? He keeps me from me. You know who's the most dangerous person in my life? Me. <laughs> Do you recognize that? Come on, come on. The greatest battles that we fight, they're not without. Where are they? Within. They're within. They're within. And that's what the psalmist is declaring here, how he keeps us. Shamar. Six times he's talking about being kept or preserved. It's the same Hebrew word. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from your birth to your... We are his... Hey, we're just passing through. I'm just a soldier, right? Not a vagabond. Vagabond... Doesn't have a home. A pilgrim knows exactly where he's going. He's going home, right? Soldiering, passing through. I'm just passing through. And God is with me from my birth. That was a while ago. Not as long as you had. <laughs> to my death day. God will be with me. My going out and my coming in, right? Jesus knew, John 13. Jesus knew from where he came, and he knew where he was going. Where he was going back to. That gives us such confidence, such assurance, right? Yes, the Lord shall preserve your going out, your coming in from this day forth. And we know he's not talking about life in this world. It goes beyond that, even forevermore. Just try to wrap your mind around everlasting life. You can't. Marvelous. Okay, don't be bashful. The God of Israel promised all of this to us and to them. The God of Israel wants to be there, Shammah, their keeper, and he will be. So let's pray. Who wants to pray? We're praying for Israel. We're praying through these Psalms of Ascent. Do you have a heart for God's people? Does your heart ache as God's heart aches this morning? 
Does your heart ache as the ache of all of these mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters? God wants to hear your cry. He wants to hear your prayer. Don't be bashful, beloved. If you're not going to pray here, where in the world are you going to pray? Or maybe you don't pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We come humbly before you today in prayer. Help us, Father God, to recognize the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be obedient to your calling. We know you're in control in these difficult times, Lord. We ask and we pray that you bless Israel and the Jews, the apple of your eye, Father God. And I want to pray back your word to you, Father God. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. We know, Father God, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your word also says we can cast all our anxiety upon you because you care for us. Redeem Israel, O Lord, from all her troubles. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Lord, we just come to you and we, oh, we've, we were able to go to Israel twice, Lord. And what happens when you go there? You leave, you leave your part of your heart there. Our hearts are with Israel today, Lord. We lift them up to you. Oh, Lord, we just pray you would be with their leaders, give them wisdom, and um, just protect them, Lord. Yesterday, as I was upset about thinking about what was going on there, Lord, you reminded me that they are the apple of your eye, as was already spoken, and that you will keep Israel we thank you for that and for what you're going to do. We pray that many, that many there would come to know you as their Messiah, Lord. Touch hearts, change hearts, draw them to you. We lift these things up in your holy name. Amen. Psalm 122. The joy of going to the house of the Lord to worship Adonai. Verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall be standing within the gates of Jerusalem. What joy and excitement they would have. I don't know about you, but I always look forward to gathering together with you on Sunday morning. My wife and I are always, uh, it's the highlight of our week. I mean, I wish Sunday was every day, but one day it will be. But do you enjoy coming to church? I mean, do you look forward to gathering together, to be under God's word, to sing our praises to God, to enjoy one another's fellowship? That's what he's talking about there. Yes, our feet shall be standing within the gates of Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of peace. Oh, my. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. It's pretty crowded, isn't it? But now he's going out into the millennium. He says, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, all of the tribes of the earth. You know, how many races of people are there? And what is that? 
human race. And then, the next time they ask you to fill out a question or they ask you to question, what race are you, just tell them, human. That's the truth. But we're from different tribes. What tribe are you from, my dear? Hungarian, Hungarian tribe, you little gypsy. Hmm? <laughs> we're, we're all from different tribes. And he's talking about the tribes of the earth coming together to gather together. Why? Because of the testimony of Israel, the witness of Israel with regard to the Messiah and the salvation of God. That's what he's referring to here. You understand that? Listen, look at the text. Look at the text. The tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there before judgment, thrones for the, of the house of David. The, Jerusalem will be the center of the spiritual world, the center of the governmental world. Very soon, Israel will become the preeminent city in Jerusalem, more specifically, of all the world. Do you understand that? This is what he's referring to here. Yes, pray, for, pray. Here's, here's that, our mandate from God, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And who might that be? Who loves Israel? Christian Zionists, or Zionist Christians, however you want to say Usans. This is what we're talking about now. Do you love Israel? Do you love God's people? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May the they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace. Peace be within you. Now, listen to me now. Peace, not only corporately, but peace individually. Peace, peace of mind, peace of heart. Peace in your life. You ever see that expression, N-O, God, N-O, peace, right? K-N-O-W, God, K-N-O-W, peace. That's true. Where does peace come from? You can't, not, not you staring down at your navel and chanting, right? And be, you, know, you may have a, a temporary cessation of, uh, of some hostility or some relief from some anxiety momentarily, but it all returns you know, it's, it's like getting a good massage. You know, right after the massage, you feel great, and then 10 minutes later, uh, I'm still walking crooked. You know? <laughs> no, the only peace, the lasting peace, comes from God. Peace with, peace of, peace in. Verse 9, because of the house of the Lord, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. What house might we be talking about there? The eternal Jerusalem, God's throne. That's where we seek that good. But he's talking about peace from within. Uh, last week, what song did you end with, Pastor David? Hmm. You know that song, right? Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, right? Where shall be the place of my rest? God is speaking, and where should it be? In our hearts. Israel needs to know that peace today. Now, there are, there are some who have come to realize who Jesus is, but there are many who have not. But we need to pray God accomplishes his plans and his purposes for the inception of the church and that this church age would be over. The fullness of the Gentiles would come in. Why? So that God can begin to save all of Israel as a nation, as a people. Okay, let's pray.
Please, beloved, don't be bashful. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we pray for the nation of Israel. I pray, Lord, for that uh, they will find their true peace in Jesus. Lord, that you'll open their eyes and bring someone across their path that would show, the, show them the truth, the truth of the gospel, Lord. We see so many times they come so close to it, but they're missing it. And Lord, I just pray that you would Give them that true peace of, of of you, Lord, in their hearts and in their lives, and that you would put your protection about uh, the uh, soldiers that are going in. And I just pray, Lord, that they'll be able to rescue the hostages and just uh, hold back the enemy, Lord. And you are the only one that can do that, Lord. And we pray for your your guidance in the leadership of Israel and for your protection about them, Lord. And thank you in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I just lift up the uh, tragedy of the situation, Lord. But on the positive side, it uh, gave me an open door, Lord, to email a Jewish friend, Lord, and to share scripture with him, Lord. He's completely open to what's being taught here, Lord. So I thank you, Lord. And I lift up Steve to you, Lord, and Avi to you, Lord. Two wonderful Jewish men, Lord. Save their souls, Lord. Use this tragedy to save, Lord. In your great and holy name, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I can't express the, the kind of feeling I would have if I was a father there seeing my children be massacred in front of me the mm. rage that would fill my heart mm. just imagining it now just filling me with rage and I'm not even there I just pray that you would give us all peace give the fathers and mothers their peace knowing that there is no more suffering for their children, that you have given them peace. And I pray that you would turn that rage that they may feel into a love for each other and a love for you to stay strong through all the adversity, to know that you are the only one that can get them through this type of destruction and violence. That's all I can just think of right now is I just, I can't imagine it. But God, we all know that you love us all, that you protect us. So please protect them. Give them peace. Amen. Amen. Later on, uh, when you're in your quiet time this afternoon, or maybe this evening, go through these Psalms again, but write Psalm 123. My Bible says it's a prayer for relief from contempt. What is contempt? 
Hmm? Hatred, to despise, to disrespect, to shame, to have malice towards what people group on the face of the earth receives more contempt than any other. God's people, Israel, the Jews. Second to that, who is it? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Psalm 123. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Why does he lift up his eyes? But, uh, what do we go through on Wednesday night for communion? Okay, most of you weren't here. We went through Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. Have you been raised with Christ? Then your mind and your heart isn't here, it's there. Now, now we're, we're not so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. But we can't be so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good, right? God's looking for spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, David, I'm, I'm telling you, it's wonderful when we have new people because my old, my old jokes become new. <laughs> Unto you I lift up my eyes, to you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of the maid to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy upon us. Paul's salutations would begin, grace, mercy, and peace be upon you. And in one particular place, he says, and be upon the God of, the Israel of God. And who might that be? He's writing to the Gentiles when he says it. And to the Israel of God. Do you know who he's describing there? You. You. Of the seed of Abraham by faith, grafted in the wild branch, grafted into the root of Israel. Yes, our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy upon us. Grace Mercy and therefore peace. Why? Because grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And as a result, oh, thank you, Lord. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy on us. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Booze is the word here. Not booze. Booze. Is there not a great contempt against Israel today? And it's amazing how in so many seats of power among the elitists of the world there's such a hatred for them. A disregard, a disrespect, a shame, a contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorns of those who are at ease. Mm, the wealthy, the rich, the powerful. The only reason why the state of Israel exists is why? Gentile guilt. You don't understand that? It was, it was guilt that led Great Britain to establish the state of Palestine after World War II. It was guilt that led the nations of the United Nations to declare Israel among, a nation among the nations once again. But make no mistake, none of them did it voluntarily. It was guilt. Not joy, not thanksgiving, not an appreciation for the Jew. 
then why should we appreciate these people anyway? Why? Because as God said in his word to their father Abraham, who's our father now, through your seed, Abraham, I will bless all the world. Half of 1% of the world's population, yet a third, a third of the Nobel Prize winners in every field of study, every discipline. Isn't that amazing? You know, I go to school, my mother would say, don't forget your lunch. Hmm. My friend Ruben, he'd go out the door and his mother would say, don't forget your books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease with the contempt of the proud, the arrogant, the haughty. It's true, isn't it? Please pray, please. Would you pray? Father God, we love you so much. Thank you that we are on your time frame, or exactly on your time frame. <clears throat> Father, our hearts are heavy for what's going on, and yet we know that tragedy makes people look for answers, and oftentimes they look up. So um, our hearts hurt so much, and yet you know exactly what you're doing. You're allowing things to happen. You're causing things to happen. And it is all to wrap up this age, this world, so we can, you will present all things to Christ. It will present all things to you. Father, um, thank you. We, maybe in our heads, we don't see your protection of them. And yet we know that um, it's the, what's eternal in the heavens, that war that's going on. Father, you are still winning, and we just praise you for that. From where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. O oh Lord, your name is lifted high. You have not forgotten the nation you called from the beginning of time, and you will not forget them or forsake them now. God, we thank you that everything you allow, Lord, your purposes will stand. God, I thank you that you have a great love and tender heart towards the nation of Israel because you mm -hmm. chose. We thank you for our salvation that has come from the Jews, God. Yes, Lord. Lord, we pray I lift up um, the heaviness of heart for the children and those who were taken, who are, have not, um, in some ways, the mercy of those who were killed in one sense, versus being taken and held captive. And we're seeing um, a young boy without his parents being harassed. Mm. And we know that you know and that you hold them. But God, we pray for their deliverance. Yes. We pray that you would be their great shield yes. and their yes. great reward. Mm. Lord God, look on those people. 
Lord, I saw um, people celebrating in England and other nations, God, celebrating what they've done. Oh, God, cursed be that. Lord, look on them. Look on them. Don't forget your people, Lord. What shame. What shame that Eva would celebrate, that people would be so um, just blind. God, blind. And if you don't open our eyes, Lord, none of us can see. So we pray, Lord, we humble ourselves at your feet because you are the only ones who can give us the eyes to see. I pray for Amir. I pray, Lord, that you'd allow him to get home to his family. Lord, he's not the only one. There are so many, and we just lift up their hearts to you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are for them, not against them. And deliverance comes from the great I am. And we love you, and we praise you. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. One more. Terry. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You're watching over all of this. And I realize, Lord, that Israel is my home. And, Father, it's like it lives next door to my door here in Greenville. Father, I pray as I see the hand of God working, working amongst even us, the congregation today, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us to be down on our knees. We must pray. We must pray. We must pray. Oh, my Lord, how great you are. And how you love us, how you love all those in Israel that do not know you yet. But, Father, because of this, they shall recognize the Messiah, the Adonai. Oh, Lord, it's like the scripture that we all know. I am, let's say it together, everyone. I am crucified with Christ. It is nevertheless... It's not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth within me. May that be the theme of our song. Oh, Lord, touch us. May we be different as we go out the store. Touch us in Jesus' name that we might be down, down on our knees, touching the hem of his garment. You're so mighty, my Lord. May we be crying for those that are suffering there because we are there. That is our home. If we know you, Lord, that is our home, our people. My Jesus, move us. May we be different from now on to serve you with all our heart, with all our blood. Oh, Father, thank you for the redemption that has been ours. We give you praise today. We say, hallelujah, what a Savior. And Father, now 
save Israel. Those in Jesus' name that are suffering at this very moment. How great is our God. And greatly to be praised. And all God's children said, I'm 124. The Lord, the defense of his people. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, when the waters would have overwhelmed us, the streams would have gone over our soul, then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Persecution of the Jewish people began when they came out of Egypt as an army of God, as the people of God. And it's never stopped, has it? After Egypt, it was the Assyrians. After the Assyrians, it was the Babylonians. After the Babylonians, after the Babylonians, the Medes and the Persians. After the Medes and the Persians, who was Antiochus Epiphanes? He's a Greek. After the Greeks, Rome, after Rome, Germany, Russia, the Islamic world. When will it stop? When will it stop? Who said that? Reptavia, right? Feather on the roof. When will it stop, O oh Lord? When? When the Lord returns to rescue Israel. Then all the Gentiles of the nations of the world will recognize their guilt. Persecuting Christ. Persecuting God's people. Verse 6. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us over as prey to the teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Please, just a few more minutes. God is so pleased with our intercession on behalf of Israel. Terry. Father, we thank you for the words that we have heard, we have read with our eyes this day, your words, your words of life. And Lord, we declare these words over Israel today and over your people Father, we ask you for a miracle. You've done it in the past. You've done it in other wars. And Lord, I just, I just come before you and I ask that you would perform a miracle yes. on behalf of your people. Mm -hmm. A yes. miracle that the world will see that Allah is not God. Mm -hmm. There is but one God, mm -hmm. and that is you. Yes. And these are your people. Yes. Lord, that the proud and the contemptuous that are celebrating would be silenced yes. in your presence by the awestruck mm -hmm. wonder of your hand. Lord, we know that we are few here, but you delight in taking the little and making it big and making it grand and making it shine before the earth. Father, that's what I'm asking you today to show forth that you are the one true God, 
that these are your people. And Lord, remind us every day, every night, every moment to pray for these your people, to hold them before you. And Lord, as we just read, that they would be able to escape from the snare of the fowler. Yes. That these hostages would be released in a miraculous way. That they, they will just see that there is one true God. And it is you. And we thank you that we serve you. We praise you. We lift you on high this day. And we stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel this day. We declare we are not ashamed. We will stand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more. Uh, Lord, we do just praise you and we praise what you're doing and will do for Israel, what you've done and will do and are doing. Lord, um, we just... I want to lift up just really one one point, Lord, that I would pray for the, much was going on in Israel before this happened, and it was divisive, Lord, and I would just pray that Israel would reunite under you, under your banner, mm. and that you would draw them to you, that mm. they would know that their mm. strength and power and existence is through you. And, Lord, I just, uh, just lift that up to you. Uh, and. And thank you and praise you in everything. Amen. Amen. Anyone else have a strong desire to pray? The enemy of my enemy is my... And today, all Israel friends. They were divided a week ago. But they're friends this morning. Lord, I just want to... Lord, I just want to lift up Netanyahu and his family. Yes, and I just pray for the man. Mm. I pray he's got such uh, heavy, oh. heavy uh, decisions and, mm. and things to do and, and how to do it and how to fight back. He has to fight back. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would get the victory. Yes. And that you would give him such wisdom mm. and understanding and yes. peace. And we, know, we think he's saved, Lord. He just seems like mm-hmm. such a wonderful, godly, mm-hmm. always worried and loving his people and loving mm-hmm. Israel and loving you. So I pray you'd strengthen the man. Just strengthen him and protect him and his family and, and, and just help these people in their time of need and in this distress. It's just more than we can uh, imagine, Lord. But just uh, like my brothers and sisters pray, just help us to at least just pray for them through the day. Keep prompting us, Holy Spirit, to pray for them um, in their time of need. But we know you're going to get the victory. We know Mm. that you never slumber or sleep, and you're watching, and you're loving Mm. them, and you are allowing this horrible stuff to happen so you can come back and get and claim the throne that is yours forever yes. and ever and ever and we will all be together with you but we just thank you that this has got to happen this way and we hate it we we, we hate it but we thank you that you uh, are in it all 
and we just praise you. But for the man, I do pray for Netanyahu. Such, just keep giving him um, all the counsel uh, that he needs to make these decisions quickly, quickly yeah. to help everyone. Yes. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Her glass is always half full. Mine's half empty. There is some reason to believe, um, people who are in the know, that Benjamin Netanyahu is a Messianic Jew. Now, he can't admit that. Why? It'd be political suicide. You know, there'd be such opposition to him because Israel's a secular society, and then you got the Orthodox Party, which would never support him if he came out and embraced Jesus as the Messiah. But there are those who in the know and say, he has. Praise God. So just a few more minutes. <clears throat> Please bear with me. Be patient. We began by talking about Ezekiel and the prophecies in Ezekiel. 36, the restoration of the land. 37, the restoration of the people to the land. 38 and 39, a conflict that begins the final days of this world and this age as we know it. But God himself, the God of Israel, who neither slumbers nor sleeps, has promised the restoration of his people. Turn with me one last page, uh, one last scripture, Ezekiel 39. Ezekiel chapter 39, beginning in verse 21. And we'll wait till everyone gets there. And let me say this. You know, if you're not accustomed to prayer, if you're accustomed to prayer, you'd have no hesitation in praying here. If you're not accustomed to prayer, you ain't going to pray here. If you're not accustomed to prayer, then get accustomed to prayer. You need to start praying. It's wonderful when we gather together for a Bible study. And it's wonderful when we sing. I've been wanting to break out in, uh, probably 12 times already in this song. Because I love to sing. But my greatest act of worship is when I'm on my knees praying. Submitting, surrendering, and humbling myself. So, beloved, if you're not accustomed to praying, then you pray that God will make you a prayer warrior. And especially in these days. Because don't, don't think what's going on in Israel and the enemy's attack of Israel and I'm talking about the true enemy of our soul, that that attack isn't going to come here. And the time to prepare is now. And that preparation is spiritual. That preparation is eternal. And that preparation is in prayer. But here in, in Ezekiel 39, we'll end here, verse 21. Do you have a heading over that verse? Israel is restored to the land. I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed. This is yet to take place. And my hand, which I have laid on them, on the nations, the Gentiles, for dividing the land, for dispersing his people. And so the, and that's another text that's not here, obviously. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies and they all fell by the sword according to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions. I have dealt with them, hidden my face from them, but just temporarily. Don't be ignorant of this one thing, beloved Paul would write. God has not forsaken Israel. 
Read on. Therefore, verse 25, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. I will be jealous for my holy name after they have bore their shame and all of their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know... I am the Lord their God, hallelujah, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and let none of them captive any longer. Wow. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. All of this, all of this is a precursor to what's going to be taking place very soon. Continue to pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of the world. We're secure, beloved. We are absolutely, eternally secure. No one can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. No one, no created thing, no demon in hell, nothing. Thank God. Isn't that wonderful? And no matter how we're separated temporarily in this life, you're going to put up with me forever. <laughs> and I'm going to love you forever. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. But there are many who don't know. And our mission now is to make him known, to know him, to make him known, and to love him. Amen. Shall we stand? Pastor David. Thank you for listening to this message from Community Chapel of Greenville. For more information and to find more messages like this, please visit www.ccgreenville.org. It is our desire to see our Lord high and lifted up, and to see His people grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.